guys. What up? I'm back. Welcome to another episode of my Best Vintage Life podcast. Uh, It's a happy day today. Baby Sussex has been born. You know, a lot of people ask, why do you care about the royal family and what does it matter to you? I was lucky enough to be raised by a mom who had a appreciation for other cultures and definitely taught me a lot about the royal family. So I think it's just something that came natural with growing up in my home. So I've always had an appreciation and an interest for the royal family. And I don't know, babies are exciting. I mean, I love good news. I feel like everybody should agree with that. I mean, things can get a little dark these days when you watch the news, everything with the political climate and things going on globally. So I will happily take some good news any day. So congrats to the Duke and Duchess of Sussex on the arrival of their baby boy. I honestly thought it was going to be a girl. So I don't know. I don't know what to think about the name. I guess we'll wait and see. I think we'll probably know in a day or two. So that's exciting. Anyways, I hope that you're well. I hope that you had a good last two weeks. Um... I don't really have much to report on personally. Just reminding you guys, if you're not following on Instagram or Facebook, uh, please do so. I've been trying to keep up with both of them, although like I said, Facebook is a struggle for me, but I definitely have been posting more on Instagram. And merchandise-wise, the uh, hair barrettes are live online. I finally sat down and picked out a color palette, so I'm doing a warm color palette and a cool color palette. Um, and there's 10 colors for each. So there's 20 colors to choose from online in three different sizes. So that's exciting. Those went live. Uh, some of the books went live. So, and I'll be posting more books. So it's just lots of, lots of good stuff online. So the Instagram for the podcast is at my best vintage life podcast. And you can search the same, uh, key term on Facebook to find me there. And the merchandise website is uh, mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. And as always, reviews and ratings are much appreciated. So if you have time, whether to give me a star uh, rating or type out a review, either or or both are appreciated. So thank you in advance for taking the time to do that. Um, I guess it's time for my obsession of the moment at the moment, ATM. (laughs) So I thought I'd kind of stick with the royal theme today. Not that that is the theme of the episode, but um, it kind of something that I've been doing with my obsession at the moment is kind of a something that the queen does with a drink that she drinks. So um, my current obsession is Whole Foods brands ginger flavored water. I know people can be really picky about sparkling water flavors, but I really enjoy this one. I think it's pretty mellow, and you could use it to mix with a bunch of different things. So I've been mixing the ginger water with Dubonne, and if you've never had Dubonne, Dubonne is like a um, red aperitif wine, and it's something that the queen apparently drinks with gin and a lemon slice every day before lunch. And it's something that her mother, the queen mother, also enjoyed. So I've been mixing like a can of ginger water (laughs) with um, some Dubonnet. And also I've been doing lime juice instead of lemon juice. 
Um, I have a lemon tree, but for some reason I've been more, I also have a lime tree, but the lime tree is very young and hasn't been very fruitful. So I don't know, for some reason, like this time of year, I'm just on like a lime kick. So that's, that's my obsession at the moment. The water by itself is great, but if you're looking for like a nice refreshing cocktail on a hot day, I definitely recommend picking up a bottle of Dubonnet. And actually the Dubonnet is good enough that you could, you could drink it on its own. I'm not a big aperitif person though, uh, but if you are, I think I think you'd like it just by itself and not mixed with anything. So that is my obsession at the moment. So I had done, you know, the sticker thing on Instagram where you can um, you can ask a question and get responses. Well, I did that either it was I guess it was Saturday, um, but either way, for some reason, whenever I do that on Instagram, it never allows me to post what you're asking, which kind of sucks um, because I think it would give you something to look forward to, something that I'm asking on the podcast. So unfortunately, I don't know how to fix that. That's obviously an Instagram problem of some sort, but I did write down the questions that I got Um well, it wasn't really more so. Some of them were questions. I had basically asked what I should talk about this week, meaning on this episode. Um, one listener said themselves, um, I'm talking to you, Joey. I know you're listening. <laughs> Joey and I used to work together at Urban Outfitters, and um, he wants me to talk about him. I would only have a million nice things to say about you, Juju, so I don't think I have enough time on the podcast to go into them. Miss you. Um, (laughs) So the next question is, uh, and this is a little difficult to answer, where is the best place to sell vintage, uh, specifically online? And they asked Etsy, question mark, Depop, question mark. It's been a long time since I've sold anything online, so I I can't say that I'm an expert here. Um, but what I can say is I think it's important that you really do your research and find out what's the best fit for you. Um, I personally, I had two vintage shops on Etsy at two different points in time. Uh, and I, I enjoyed it, although I do understand that now Etsy has... Uh, kind of raise their, I guess, their what they're taking in terms of a cut. So I'm not too up on that sort of like their terms and, and pricing and stuff like that. So um, I have heard really, really good things about Depop. Uh, one of my current clients has a friend and I've met him and he sells on Depop and, and does pretty well from him, for himself from what I understand. So um that might be a good place to try. There's also eBay. Um, I don't know. I'm not a really big eBay person. There's something about the aesthetics of eBay that just turns me off. I know that sounds kind of silly, but um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not super big into eBay. Um, and let me see. There's Etsy, eBay, Depop. Poshmark. Um, I personally think Poshmark takes a lot of money away from the money that you make. You know what? I honestly, I love, I've always loved selling vintage on Instagram. Um, 
and I just actually recommended this to somebody else, like if you have the time and, and money to invest into making your own website and then set up a Facebook catalog and make clickable links through Instagram, that's a really great way to um, to make money. Uh, when I was selling vintage on Instagram, there weren't clickable links yet. So I used to have to send people invoices through PayPal. They would comment with their zip code and I would send them an invoice with like the cost of the item and shipping and they, they would pay me that way. But now with these clickable links, um, it's it's really changed the face of of selling on social media, which, you know, I mean, it's still very new and fresh and something that I obviously wasn't able to do a few years ago. So you have you have that option. I say do do whatever is best for you and whatever makes sense um you know for you. I mean everybody's different. Some people want to make more money, some people don't care about losing x amount of, you know, profit to to the people that are hosting them on their site. So it's really up to you. Just just do your research and know what you're getting yourself into. I wouldn't go into anything like that blindly. And, um, you know, then have an unpleasant surprise a week, you know, or like a few days later, a week later when you sell something and you're like, oh, wait, I'm only making X amount of money. So just make sure you do your research. That's my that's my best advice there. I wish I could give better advice on that. Um, But yeah, let's see. Uh, The other listener question was um, I didn't write it down verbatim, but it was asking about. Oh, wait, now I remember. It was asking about mixing decades of vintage without looking like a a nutter. A nutter? (laughs) I like that term. I guess without looking like you're, you know, you're crazy, basically. Um, So that's a good question. I think that if you really want to mix decades of vintage, you're better off sticking to decades that are chronologically close to each other. So I wouldn't necessarily be mixing like a 40s blouse with a pair of 90s pants. I'd say stick to decades like you can mix 80s and 90s together. It's just a little bit more um, well blended, I'd say, and doesn't look so contrast, contrasted, contrasty, contrasting. Oh, my God. It's Monday. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyways, um, I also think that it's easy to mix decades if you take something simple from one and use something a little bit um, more detailed from another. So you could pull off a 40s blouse if you stick to like mixing it with a pair of, I don't know, Levi's from the 90s, like something that's more of a basic. So I wouldn't mix anything that is so um, specific, you know, because you'll end up looking a little bit like you're wearing, I don't want to say like a costume, but it kind of goes costumey. And um, that's just, that. I mean, I don't know, that works for some people, I guess. But if you want to look more subdued I definitely say stick with decades that are next to each other on the timeline or stick to pieces that look more like you know a newer outfit but yet are higher quality older clothing if that makes sense um 
yeah, so the, that's that's my advice there for those two listener questions. Um, and that's all I really have in terms of those. So today's episode is going to focus on accessorizing with vintage. So I know I've talked a lot about clothing and the background of vintage, but I don't feel like I've really touched upon vintage accessories. And I think for a lot of people out there who are, I don't want to say nervous, but maybe a little bit hesitant to wear vintage clothing, uh, you can kind of use accessories as a way to to bridge the uh, the gap there and and try try it out and see how you like it before you deep dive into buying vintage clothing. And uh, I know a lot of people who don't necessarily wear a ton of vintage items, but they will use vintage accessories. So I just kind of made a short list of items that I think work well for accessorizing. Uh, The first one would be pins. So pins in general, whether vintage or not, have kind of, it's, it's been a thing for the last few years and I don't really see it going anywhere. Uh, But, you know, the vintage enamel pins are, are really great. And I mean, there's a lot of really great modern day pins out there too. But I think that the ones that are older, you see a lot more unique sayings or just different themes that you don't necessarily find in the modern day ones. So I would say, you know, if you can find a vintage pin or maybe like a collection of pins, that's a really great way to, you know, express yourself in some way, shape, or form. And, uh have like a touch of vintage, whether you put it like on a jacket or on a purse, like you could really put them anywhere. I wouldn't recommend putting a pin on something that can easily, you know, be damaged like a delicate fabric or anything like that. But if you have an old Levi's jacket or even a newer modern trucker jacket and you want to dress it up a little bit, you could definitely buy some old vintage pins and, you know, make it make it look a little bit more unique than some of the other jackets that you see out there. Or if you want to put it on your tote bag or something like that. Um, I personally have quite a few vintage pins that I like. I have a really cute palm tree one as well as a cacti one. And I both think they have like a rainbow in the background. Um, so, yeah, pins. It's a great great route to go to start small. Sunglasses. So vintage sunglasses definitely make a statement. I think there are so many beautiful colors and silhouettes out there. I actually personally own a collection of vintage sunglasses. Just a little side story. I had gone to a vintage event in New York City when I was still blogging and I had been invited there uh, as a guest just to go and check it out. Um, in return for a blog post about the event. So I met a man and his wife there. They were selling vintage sunglasses and they looked so miserable while doing so. So I kind of started a conversation with them and I found out that they had a uh, a fashion truck specifically dedicated to sunglasses that they would, you know, they'd sell in New York City, Brooklyn, Long Island. 
Um, and they were selling modern new sunglasses, and that's really where they were making the bulk of their money. But they had this vintage collection as well. And, uh, you know, they had it on display at this vintage event. And he kind of asked if I would be interested in buying it. Uh, so, you know, I thought it over and decided to, to buy some of it. I didn't buy all of it. It was actually a really cool trip. He lived, like, he had this really sick apartment right above Wall Street. And when I say Wall Street, I mean, like, the stock exchange building and, like, the big metal bull statue. So, like, if you went out on his balcony and looked down, you could see all of that. It was a really, really beautiful building. And, um, I think I ended up buying, like, 200... 200 pairs from him and I've sold them slowly over time haven't really like pushed them like even when I was selling vintage on Instagram I didn't push them super heavy so if anybody out there listening is interested in buying sunglasses at a retail and or wholesale level uh let me know I probably still have about I'd say like 75 to 100 pairs left Uh, and there's some really beautiful ones there's like 1960s and 70s Italian and French uh crystal lens ones and I could go on and on about them they're really really beautiful so sunglasses I mean whether you're a man or a woman I feel like sunglasses come in handy and um, obviously they protect your eyes and just you know can make a really nice statement even with a basic outfit if you're one of those people that sticks to tonal dressing or you don't like to do a lot of jewelry or other accessories sunglasses can definitely be a good way to go Next would be bandanas. Uh, Bandanas are, you know, very huge right now. It seems like everybody wants them. I actually, I put together the the bandana orders for Urban Outfitters. So if you're ever in a store or shopping online and you see bandanas, that's me. I should say for women's in the United States. Um, And... You know, it's a lot of fun to go through them. There are so many beautiful colors and patterns and prints out there in the vintage bandana world. So I I enjoy working with them. And um, you can actually build palettes off of working with bandanas. So if you're looking for color inspiration for a project, bandanas can be a really great place to start. Oh my god, I'm so thirsty. Um, and I've seen people do really creative, unique things with them. If you're not following the brand Habitual Threads on Instagram, it's a really great jewelry and I'd also say accessory company. Um, this amazing woman named Haley, she's originally from the, uh, Fresno Clovis area, started her own company and it was really cool she actually had moved to philadelphia right around the time i moved to fresno (laughs) so we kind of like crisscross paths um and she had been home my first christmas here and i met her at a pop-up event and i just i thought she was super sweet and beautiful and smart all those good things and um now she's back in california but anyways she um, actually is using vintage bandanas to kind of do like a, um, I want to say like a lariat slash bolo look. So she's using the bandana as like kind of like a necklace and then she's making these gold um, kind of like cuff pieces and putting the ends of the bandana and then pulling up. 
I will, um, I'll post a picture of them on the Instagram, but they're just, they're so beautiful. And, um, I was happy to be able to work with her on that project and really pick out a beautiful palette for her. Um, it seems like with bandanas, like the neutral muted colors are, are very popular right now. Um, every, everybody, everybody wants those, but bandanas, no matter what color or print you pick can be a really great way to, to accessorize. And you don't even have to wear them around your neck. I mean, I've seen people tie them on their ankle, tie them on their wrist, tie them on a purse. Uh, the options are, are pretty much endless. So if you're looking to try something new, try a bandana. Uh, purses and like bags, that's, that's always kind of been a thing. I mean, obviously there's a huge luxury market for, for vintage purses. Um, but something that I've seen doing what I do for a living is like a really big shift in interest to, I'd say like, I don't want to call them gear bags, like fanny packs, backpacks, duffel bags, like all these vintage California brands that, um... I think we're made for like the purpose of outdoor life and hiking. People really respond well to those. And a lot of times you'll find them in really cool, like bright, bright blue and aqua and red, these fun colors. And I see, I see a lot of interest in stuff like that. And obviously a lot of companies now are making um, their own fanny packs and their own backpacks and kind of going after that vintage look. So if you're if you're into that and really want the real deal, you can definitely find it out there. Um, so that's just that's something that I've noticed. Obviously, there are so many different silhouettes and and groupings of of purses and bags, but for me, that's really that's been the biggest trend that I've seen. So, if you're into outdoor activities, it could be a really cute way to to uh upgrade your look i mean obviously i i don't know i think there's a lot of like hiking clothes and accessories out there that are super cute and colorful but it could be nice to have something old too especially if you care about the environment if you're an outdoors enthusiast and you're passionate about environmentalism why not take it to the next level so i've also seen a surge in interest in belts which is funny to me because Oh God, I can remember, you know, going to, to company meetings at my old job and always feeling so bad for the, um, the girl who did the belts. She was like the belt buyer because she would even admit, like, I don't know what we need to do to make people buy belts. No one was buying belts for a very long time. And now I've definitely seen, um, a change in that. I see, I, I see more people coming in to shop with us and they're buying belts and I I don't really see any consistency in the type of belts because there's just there's so many but they're buying them so that's exciting and I think that it can be a really a really nice way to dress up a pair of pants I I personally don't own a ton of belts I kind of wish I owned more um, I'm currently kind of looking for a nice black vintage leather belt to wear with my equestrian gear. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I, I have a horse and I do ride horses. Um, and I just think it's like a really nice polished way to to make yourself look nicer when you're at the barn. 
Um, my personal all-time favorite vintage item are vintage Moschino belts. I do own one. It's a very rare one. Um, and I'm always on the lookout for, like, other rare ones. Like, obviously, they still make them today when they have their different collections released. Um, and I think Jeremy Scott's been doing a really good job at Moschino. But, like, the old ones are super valuable and super collectible. So if anybody ever finds one and wants to tip me off in the right direction, uh, please do. I have a few websites where I go specifically to look for them. They're kind of more like upscale vintage websites. So uh, fingers crossed. I there's, there's a few sayings that I've been looking for. So hopefully I find one of them. I was thinking about getting myself one for my birthday in July. So we'll see if it happens or if I find them. But regardless, at the end of the day, a vintage belt can be a really great way to add more interest to like the bottom half of your body especially for wearing just like jeans or a pair of like black pants, brown pants, whatever. Um, and plus it can definitely make your waist look smaller if you wear it in the right way. So that's something else to think about too, is how it can affect your body shape in a good way. So I should have mentioned this one kind of tying in with pins, but vintage patches everybody loves a vintage patch and um there's a lot of different things that you can do with them you don't necessarily need to sew them onto something I actually just bought a patch it's not a vintage one it's just a normal patch but I really liked it and I bought a picture frame for it and hung it on my wall so you could totally collect a bunch of different vintage patches and put them in a frame and hang them up and and you know there's one more thing in your gallery wall in your living room and one less piece of art you have to search for. Um, I don't know about you, but when I'm filling up my wall or if I have a project, like an interior project that I'm working on in my house, sometimes finding things to hang up on your wall can be a pain and take a lot of time. So, or, or you could sew them onto something. You could sew them onto a jacket, a pair of pants. Um, I think it's all really personal preference but there's so many different patches out there with different funny sayings I mean some of them now at this point in time are are pretty inappropriate but I think even if you just like get online get on eBay get on Etsy and, and take a look it's amusing just to look at them you don't necessarily even have to buy anything so I say try some try some patches and you know if anybody ever does a project like that where they they take some patches and hang them up on their wall I'd love to see a picture of it. That kind of stuff really makes me happy, you know, seeing something, taking something and like using it in a way that most people wouldn't. So that's my advice there. Um, what last two things. So second to last would be shoes. Vintage shoes are sometimes hard to find in good condition, but you can luck out and find some really good pairs that are still in great shape. I actually sold a lot of vintage shoes when I um, had my own little shop, so I think it really depends on your clientele, Um, but I feel like you can really find vintage shoes that look similar to what the trends are today, and I'm sure the trends today were inspired by vintage shoes. 
And if a shoe's made well and it's made out of good leather or suede or whatever, they'll last a long time. Obviously, shoe quality today, some companies. Um, the cheaper stuff, it's just not going to last you. And that's why if there's one thing I invest money into is my shoes. I am so over buying cheap shoes that don't last a long time. Like, honestly, spending less than $100 on a pair of shoes, you're not really getting good quality. And sometimes, like, I've bought shoes between $100 and $200, and they're still not good quality. So (laughs) the markup is crazy for what things are, Um, which is why it might just be better to get on Etsy. Or if you know a vintage store that tends to have a lot of shoes, and just check things out and see what they have because – those shoes might end up lasting you another five to ten years, and even though they're old, they're going to last you longer than anything new that you buy. So I'm a very big supporter of well-made shoes, that's for sure. Okay, so next would be jewelry, and last, I should say. Um, the options for vintage jewelry are, are pretty endless. I feel like costume jewelry used to be made a million times better um in previous years we actually have a nice little collection of dead stock french costume jewelry um i think i have all of it in fresno with me here at our warehouse and it's just it's so beautiful there's some really like statement gold pieces that are totally relevant to today's trends so i just say like When it comes to vintage jewelry, either go the basic route and buy something that you can wear often or go the trendy route and buy something that's relevant to today's trends. And um, I don't know. Everybody kind of has like I feel like their own jewelry suit of armor. You know, like I have some friends who they wear the same rings every day. They wear the same necklaces every day. Um, I personally, I love rings, but I don't wear them to work a lot because I I work with my hands and I'm always afraid I'm going to lose them in a box (laughs) when I'm digging. So I wear a lot of big earrings. Uh, You know, big earrings right now are a huge trend. So that's something you can think about is if I'm not going to go like the more basic everyday route with my vintage jewelry, then maybe I can explore uh, trends and honestly, it's just kind of the same thing as shoes. I guarantee you, most vintage jewelry is made better than costume jewelry that you buy today. I actually worked for a costume jewelry designer. I won't mention any names. Um, and the mark, just like seeing the quality of stuff that she would produce, and then the markup was just insane. And I, I just. Ever since then, I'm like, I will never pay full price for any kind of costume jewelry. And I kind of generalize costume jewelry as anything that's not, like, true gold or true silver. And I really can't even wear that much uh, costume jewelry because I turn green. I'm like Kermit the Frog, basically. So I try to stick to true metals. Um, But that's just my advice for you with jewelry is either stay conservative or go big. Um, I did, that's kind of like my, my advice for accessorizing. I did have one listener story, which is super exciting. So last week I talked about Bubba and his, um, newsboy cap. 
Oh, my God. So I was just getting on Instagram to pull up the story, and it's Met Gala Monday, people. So someone – this great Instagram account that I like, it's called This Was Fashion, posted the picture of um, Cher when she went to the Met Gala, uh, you know, wearing that see-through naked dress by Bob Mackey. Oh, my God. She's unreal. I just can't get over her body. She's so svelte. Okay, so this story was sent to me by a woman named Wendy. She's one of my Instagram followers. Hey, Wendy. Uh, This is her message. She said, listen to your latest podcast drop yesterday. Awesome as always. Well, thank you. In light of the sentimental objects content, I thought I would send – oh, content (laughs) – in light of the sentimental objects content, I thought I would send a couple of pics of some gorgeous rhinestones that are my mom's. She is 83 and is unloading things on me whenever I visit. LOL. She recently gave me the set that my grandfather bought for her in 1962. She kept the receipt all these years. I would take these out as a little girl and marvel over them. Who doesn't love glittery, glittery things? Now they are mine. Cheers, Wendy. And she attached an image of the receipt. Uh, So it's from the T. Eaton Company Limited in Canada. So Wendy, her, I'm assuming Wendy is Canadian. And a beautiful picture of the necklace, earrings, and I believe a brooch. So um, I love, well, first off, I did post pictures last week of Bubba and his hat, and um, I posted some other corresponding imagery for the episode. So that's another reason why you should definitely follow along on Instagram because I'm posting pictures of these things, especially I want to share, you know, these people's stories. So this picture is definitely really beautiful. Uh, I feel like for some reason that was definitely a huge trend at one point in time were these like multi-piece jewelry collections because my grandmother also had a few of those um, and – it just seems like that was a thing. Uh, this is a really, the color is beautiful. It's like, it's blue, but a little bit like purple hued. Um, and just the shape's really pretty. So I really, I appreciate her, um, sharing that with me. The receipt, they actually itemized everything. So it's one bracelet, one pin, one earring, and, Let's see. At the time in 19, this was from October 18th, 1962. The total with tax was $11.52. So I'm not sure what that's equivalent to in today's money and also in Canadian money. But obviously, uh, that seems like it was a, a pretty great deal for her, for her grandfather. And I love that her grandmother shared, saved the receipt and is sharing this with her now. I did the same thing with my grandmother's jewelry. She had like a scarf drawer and a jewelry box. And when I'd get bored at her house, I would literally just go and dress myself up. I love going through her drawers and not even in like a snooping sense because I was never that type of kid. Um, But I just kind of wanted to see what she had and what I could borrow and what I was and wasn't allowed to play with. So thank you, Wendy, for sharing that. I will be sure to share those images on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, so that's really all I have for this week. Uh, Keep in mind, 
If you're looking to try some new clean beauty products, you can totally use my Folane code as I am a clean beauty ambassador for Folane. The code is ref underscore basic bougie Bridget. Um, and if you're not following me on my personal Instagram, I will put the in the notes the uh, code so you know what the spelling is for that. Um, and that'll get you 15% off your first order. So give it a shot. And if you do try anything from Folane, let me know how it goes and what you tried. I'm obviously always looking to try new products too. So if you find something you like, let me know. Uh, so hopefully our next episode will be featuring my dear friend and client, Raina. She is the founder and owner of Born to Rome Vintage, which is based in the, well, just in a, a broad sense, we'll say the San Francisco area. Uh, but Raina herself lives up in Sonoma in a very beautiful part of my state of California. And uh, she's just one of the most genuinely good, kind people I've ever met. I love her to death. And um, I'm kind of looking forward to talking to her and sharing her story and just talking about vintage in general. That was kind of like after I wanted to do a, a bunch of episodes with some vintage background. And then I kind of wanted to get into talking to different people about it. I didn't want to just like jump right in. Because I thought if anybody new is listening, they'd probably like to have some build up to more detailed episodes. So um, I'm hoping that one will go live the week of the, I believe it would be like the 23rd, whatever that Thursday is. So anyways, that's all I have for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I hope that you have a lovely weekend and I'll... I'll be talking to you again in two weeks. So stay safe and don't be basic. Bye.